Hello, and welcome. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show that knows exactly what to do, but in a much more real sense has no idea what to do. Oh yeah. Um, We just got finished recording last week's episode. This is a marathon day. Yeah, and this is going to be a short and sweet one, which is fine. There's really not a whole lot to this one. And (sighs) no, we're doing a cult today. Yes. It's time. It's been a while. And sometimes with cults, there really just isn't a whole lot to it. You know, this isn't fucking Jim Jones. Right, right, right. Or Nexium. Those two were both really long because they had a lot of things happening. Yeah, a lot. So, but please check out our TikTok and our Instagram. We also have a Facebook page and we have an email. What if I told you podcast at gmail.com? Ew. If you get bored at work, send us an email, send us a DM on Instagram, even TikTok if you want. We'll, we'll talk to you. We will respond to you. Send us your conjectures. Do you have any theories on any episodes we've already done? Because we'll, we'll, Go do a back and forth with you. We'll volley. Yeah, absolutely. So just, you know, do you have a theory on the Lonnie Zamora incident? Was it a hoax played specifically on Lonnie Zamora by children, children, by people from the college? Was it a candle and a balloon? Or was it, in fact, aliens? It was aliens. Come on, you guys. You know it was aliens. Um... We're not eating anything. Maddie got some more coffee. Yep. Replenished. So. Um, yeah. We didn't eat anything before we recorded the last episode, and we are not eating anything now. No. So we're. Once again, I'm holding on to the hope that Brody will choose Mexican for lunch. I think you're, you're choosing Mexican for lunch. Yeah. I'm just going to tell him. Yeah. Yeah. This is so cute. I texted him. I said, first episode's done. Next one is super short. And he, this is how he responded. Aw. <laughs> so cute. Anyways. Anyways. Um, for Chip's Corner, this um, might raise some red flags. I think it probably, probably is red flagged. But... As my cousin, um, and sharing DNA, I'm not saying this just because of that, but I promise Chip would never hurt anyone or do anything bad. <laughs> He's a great guy. Um, he just has some weird information hopping around in his brain. Sure. Don't we all? So this Tuesday afternoon, he texted us out of the blue. Um, and said, fun fact, stabbing an orange feels the same as stabbing human flesh. Yeah. Maddie then replied, uh, so what does this mean for peeling an orange? (laughs) Chip said, I don't know. I've never peeled a human. (laughs) So, um, there's that. Dakota's drilling. Oh. He's fixing our fence so that people can't just willy-nilly get in and out of it. That's a good good idea. Yeah. So thank you for that, Chip. 
I know yeah. we were all wondering. We were, you know, on the edges of our respective seats. Yeah. That was probably like a, what's that website? Creepy Pasta? No. Um, like the one, like it's the something after dark. I don't know. Hold on. I will tell you. Is this like a dark web thing? Because we already discussed that I don't know how to get on it. Well, Chip told us how to get on it. I know, and I didn't lodge that into my brain because... Reddit. Uh, oh, <laughs> Reddit. It might be a Reddit thing. Probably is. That sounds like a Reddit thing. Yeah. You can find anything on Reddit. Um, so today, like we said, we're talking about a cult, and we have chosen the Order of the Solar Temple, or O-O-T-S-T. That's right. <laughs> Oost. Oost. <laughs> Um, I think typically when you make an acronym, you don't include acronyms for the articles. So like of and the, yeah. but we do, uh, we do because you know what? This is our fucking show <laughs> and it's cute and it's cute. The rest of it is not. So let's see. So order of the solar temple. Um, now for cults back in the day, it was a commonplace belief that only the uneducated the low socioeconomic statuses the lower echelons of society were the ones drawn into cults out of a desperation okay i mean i don't know why this is this is weird because from what we have seen in our perusal of cults uh the people who are drawn into cults usually are religious people or rich people or rich people like in nexium's case yeah you pay thousands of dollars as a woman to get degraded and Branded. told that your shoes make a man horny and you shouldn't wear them because it's your fault yeah anyway so um we did the cult of nexium uh on episode six you should listen to it anyway so in the order of the solar temple you have to be rich, basically. It was a very high price to get into the cult and then to, like, maintain your dues. I didn't find any hard numbers, but it was a lot. Imagine that. Imagine that. The people who started it wanted to profit off of the naivete of others. We have a cult. Yeah, you can't join it, though. No. Because it's two-person only. And it's free. And it's free. <laughs> um, so the Order of the Solar Temple was a society comprised of elites. Most of the membership were of a high socioeconomic bracket. And the price of membership was steep. Several millionaires, French policemen, respected civil servants, doctors, and more of that kind of professional high society were part of the Order of the Solar Temple. Oost. Oost, as we like to call it. And as with many cults, this cult's popularity would die after a mass suicide. You Oost. saw that coming. You saw it coming. Uh, it would have been ideal if the fringe beliefs of this cult had been completely stamped out after such a tragedy, but alas... You can still join the Order of the Solar Temple. It is still active. Yeah. 
So cool. Now, the origins of the Utsd cult, it, which its full name is actually the International Order of Chivalry Solar Tradition. Stop it. It, is a, it was a new religious movement founded in Geneva in 1984. It was founded by Luc Jarret, a homeopathic physician and a New Age lecturer, and his comrade, Joseph de Mambro. Its headquarters were later moved from Geneva to Zurich, where a leadership council of 33 members presided. Regional lodges were set up to perform initiation ceremonies and other rites in Switzerland, but also in Canada and other countries. So the Solar Temple traces its history back to the revival of the Knights Templar, which was a religious military order founded in the 12th century and which was originally suppressed by the Pope in 1312. But in the years after the French Revolution, it was revived and blah, blah, blah. So in 1805, a man named Bernard Raymond Fabre Palapra claimed to be the head of the Knights Templar and attempted to recreate it. His group split off into many factions, some of which developed a belief in the end of the world, um, while others just dissipated. And before founding the Order of the Solar Temple, Luc Jurey actually belonged to one of these factions um, that was called the Renewed Order of the Temple. So the Knights Templar, actually, if you've seen, I don't remember if it was the Da Vinci Code or if it was the second one, Angels and Demons, if you've read those or seen the movies with Tom Hanks, I believe there's an element of, like, they talk about the Knights of the Solar, or the Knights Templar. I've never seen them, so. Oh, well. They're, like, in the movie, I've never read either book, but in the movie, whichever one it is, there's one guy who is a religious fanatic and he does a lot of like self-harm for penance for his sins and he wants to be in the Knights Templar and he like has a cat of nine tails that he uses on himself. It's very crazy. So that's the guy I picture when I'm reading about Utsd. Okay. I don't think they actually like self-harmed aside from the suicide. But uh, I don't know. It's just what I picture yeah. because of the Knights Templar thing, I guess. All right. So a little bit about the founders of Utsd. Um, There were two. Mm-hmm. Joseph de Mambro. That, no? sound, that sounds like a fake name. Yeah. Yeah. And Luke, is it Jure? Yeah. Luke Jure. Um, Mombro was raised Catholic and went to church every Sunday until he started practicing occultism in his 20s. He became a member of a cult himself and then established something called the Golden Way Foundation. Hmm. The Golden Way Foundation allowed occult enthusiasts to connect with each other, and it was here that he met Jure. Adorable. Hmm. 
Jouret was studying to become a doctor, but eventually gave up medicine in favor of spiritualism and homeopathy. Did I say that right? Homeopathy. Homeopathy. He traveled the world learning alternative medicine until he met Mombro through the Golden Way Foundation. And at this point, the two came up with a plan. Now, this sounds very reminiscent of the toolbox killers that we just talked about. Right. Among the many things that Jure claimed in front of the elite members of the cult was that in a previous life, he was a member of the Knights Templar. He also told him that he was the third reincarnation of Jesus Christ. I have to cough. (coughs) Okay. Unacceptable. I know. Using the authority that this gave him, he would choose female members of the cult to engage with sexually before ceremonies. He claimed they gave him the spiritual strength to do his holy duties. Of course. Are we shocked? Every fucking cult is like this. Every single cult that we have ever covered on this show one of the member one of the leaders is like you know what i'm a deity i am god now you have to have sex with me yeah so mombro was in charge of the cult's rituals and ceremonies he led prayers and guided members through meditation sessions In order to emphasize his importance in the cult and his own status as holy, he told members that his son was conceived through theogamy or marriage with the gods. Sure. He also stated that his daughter was conceived immaculately like Mary's pregnancy with Jesus. We have have so many things happening here. I mean, one of the members... Or not members, one of the leaders, Jure, he is Jesus reincarnated. Yeah. Um so duh. And Demombro, he you know, one one of his sons is the product of a marriage to the gods, so he's a deity. And then he's got an immaculate conception happening. I mean Whoa. Yeah. This is so much. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah, you're not excused. <laughs> so the belief system. According to um, a former temple member who was called Peronic, which was a pseudonym of Robert Shabriri. No, that's not it. It's Shabrier. Chabrier? Chabrier? Mm, maybe. Chabrier. I think Sh- Chabrier is a very American way to say that name. Robert, um, in his book, Pourquoi? Okay, it's in French. Cool. I'm not going to read the French. Why? The American title is Why a Revival of the Order of the Solar Temple? Question mark. Volume 1, The Body. Why? Why do you need more than one volume? So... He claims in his book that the aims of the Order of the Solar Temple included establishing correct notions of authority and power in the world, an affirmation of the primacy of the spiritual over the temporal, assisting humanity through a great transition, preparing for the second coming of Christ as a solar god-king, and furthering a unification of all Christian churches and Islam. 
I want to be a solar god king. Hell yeah. That sounds awesome, actually. Yeah, it does. Solar god king. So the group reportedly drew some inspiration for its teachings from British occultist Alastair Crowley, which, fun fact, the Crowleys is the family depicted on Downton Abbey. Oh, nice. So is he related? Maybe. So Crowley headed, who he headed the Order of the Eastern Temple from 1923 until his death in 1947, which was a branch off of the whole Knights Templar thing. And let's see, he also headed another group called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, a 19th century Rosicrucian order Crowley belonged to briefly. So what is Rosicrucian? What is this? Oh, it's an ancient mythical order. Okay, got it. So it's another thing. It's, we have a mashup of different things happening here we have the knights templar thing we have this rosicrucian whatever lord jesus help me so both of these groups were occult groups and had a grade system that was somewhat similar to the solar temple um, another rosicrucian group the rosicrucian fellowship i feel like i've said that word too many times <laughs> it's I, coming up i'm more. over it i'm over it uh, this was headed by a man named Max Heindel, who also mentioned that Rosicrucians worshipped Christ as, quote, the solar logos. Okay. Although this was not Orthodox Christian doctrine. Duh. Nothing about these cults are Christian doctrine. Um, there were solar temple lodges in Morin Heights and St. Anne de la Parade, Quebec, and Australia, Switzerland, Martinique, and other countries. I don't know where Martinique is. The temple's activities were a mix of Christian identity, UFO religion, and New Age philosophy using variously adapted Freemason rituals. So, Jesus H. Christ. Why? This is too much. They're making it very complicated. Just pick, like, a theme. Pick one thing and make the rest up. Fucking A. You know, so you're you don't have all these things happening. It gets very confusing. Um, Jure was interested in attractive, wealthy and influential members. <laughs> and it was reputed that several affluent Europeans were secret members of the group. Of course. Who, though? Several affluent Europeans. You're breaking it down for me, aren't you? Is this like royals? Are we talking like British royals or whatever other countries over there have royals? I don't really know. Actually, I don't think very many of them anymore have royals. I don't think so. I know France doesn't. I don't think Spain does. Germany doesn't. I don't think it's Italy does either. So who are you talking about? Integral to the teachings of the Solar Temple was the belief that the Earth would face worldwide catastrophe in the mid-90s in anticipation of this apocalyptic event. Members believed it was necessary to enter a higher spiritual plane. Aha! We've come down to it. Yeah. This is kind of the axis of most of the cults we've covered is doomsday. Mm -hmm. It 
as we've talked about before, it presents the members with a sense of urgency and it kind of allows the members to overlook red flags that otherwise would be like, whoa, yeah, it's too much. I'm out of here now. Children of God did it. Jonestown did it. Heaven's Gate did it. And now, oost. Yeah. And all of them picked the mid-90s, too. The 90s were a great time. I don't understand. I know. Everybody, what's happened? Did they just think the 90s was like a whole new, like, time? And You would think it would be like 2000s. That's what I was thinking. That seems very, like, futuristic. Yeah, the, the turn of the century seems much more like whimsical than the mid-90s. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We could ask. We We can sign up and talk about it. Yeah, we... What if we, like, tried to communicate with some of these people? Like, hey, what's up? What is... What's the deal with this? What what do we gotta do? (laughs) That would be really weird. All right. Is that... So, according to the literature of the Utsd, the central authority was the synarchy of the temple, whose membership was secret. (laughs) <laughs> and, of course, no cult is complete without an inner circle. Duh. For um, the Utes, this was called the Synarchy of the Temple and consisted of the cult's largest donors and its leaders, all of whom referred to themselves as Elder Brothers of the Rosy Cross, um, which will sound familiar if you've heard of the Rosicrucians. <laughs> Stop it. Um, its top 33 members were known as the Elder Brothers of the Rosy Cross, which is an alternative name for the Rosicrucians, and um, were headquartered in Zurich, Switzerland. The Elder Led Lodges. The Elders Led Lodges. <laughs> <laughs> um, cult speak for a sort of church (laughs) yeah so like the lodges was like a church service i think yeah sure um complete with their own altars robes and symbolic instruments they stashed away the majority of the funds collected from members fees so i'm guessing like these lodges were a secret and that they kept their money there yeah just like trunks of gold and silver hidden under the floor yeah yeah The Council of the Order formed lodges that were run by a regional commander and three elders. Progression in the order was by levels and grades, and three grades per level. The levels being the Brothers of Parvis, the Knights of Alliance, and the Brothers of the Ancient Times in ascending order. Mm. There were many organizations associated with Utsd, including the International... Arcadia Sciences and Tradition, Arcadia Clubs, Menta Clubs, Agata Clubs, and Atlanta Clubs, all of which offered the teachings of Jure, both to the general public and privately to Utsd members. Over six years, the Order of the Solar Temple, oh, didn't mean to say that, oh. <laughs> um, gained over 400 members and delineated itself delineated itself into a three-part structure the lowest the amanta group i don't know where i got the word group i don't either that says club 
The Amanta Club was designed for members who spread the cult's message um, to new people. Those ambassadors gave lectures all around the world. Um, Don't know what that is. Proselytizing. Proselytizing the group's doctrine. Basically just like teaching the doctrine. Oh. Yeah. Um, The next level up, which was the Arcadia Club consisted of members who were allowed to know a bit more about the cult secrets and were promised the reward of coming closer to a higher consciousness. Of course. One had to be hand-selected to reach this level by an elder. The highest circle of the cult was called the International Knighthood Organization. Reaching this level involved secret initiation rituals, and its members had access to publications that others did not. So, I'm guessing this last level had like a newsletter that they sent around kind of kind of like the mose letters from children of god oh yeah so i'm guessing that's kind of the idea here publications is what it or maybe it's like books of doctrine or whatever um i wonder if they publish their newsletter like weekly or monthly we could join. We could join to find out. The lodges had altars, rituals, and costumes. Oh. And members were initiated at each stage of advancement and ceremonies, which included expensive purchases, jewelry, costumes, regalia, and the payment of initiation fees. So it sounds like a good fucking time. It, it sounds, sounds pretty cool. During ceremonies, members wore crusader-type robes and were um, to hold a sword, which Mombro said was an authentic Templar artifact given to him a thousand years ago in a previous life. Aha. So, it's just a big fucking joke, honestly. Yeah, this sounds like just really expensive LARPing to me. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're pretending to be someone they're not. They're dressing up as crusaders. But you die at the end. True. That's Uh, unfortunate. What's the word I'm looking for? Spoiler alert? Yeah, spoiler (laughs) alert. (laughs) Yo, I'm hungry as fuck. Dude, me too. My stomach keeps growling. I had potatoes and bacon for dinner. Sounds like a win to me. It's because we had two eggs. I was like, fuck it. I'll just have... They're like hash brown potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had chicken, asparagus, and a baked potato. That sounds excellent. It was real good. The baked potato was like the size of my fucking head. Damn, dude. It was so big. And guess what? I ate that entire shit. Good. Also, why do I still have this on? (laughs) How are you looking at me right now? It's a look. (laughs) It is a look. Okay, I'm going to take it off now because it's, it's weird. It's not cold anymore, so it's lost its efficacy. Um, okay, so we've... <laughs> you can't laugh right before we talk about mass suicide. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The hunger has caused her to enter into the psychosis. Yeah, yeah. And my eyeball is watering. I'm having an eye attack now. Okay. Now we're, we're going to talk about the mass suicide, the events that led up to it, 
and all of that. So we're going to switch this. We're going to switch on and off for this one. Okay, so as we discussed, it was believed by Utsd that the Earth was headed for an apocalyptic event in the mid-90s because they hate the 90s. This is obviously similar to all the other cults we've covered. They all had a doomsday aspect and they all predicted the world would end in the mid-90s. Um, Children of God didn't actually have a mass suicide like the other cults did, but they did predict the apocalyptic, apocalyptic event. Yeah. Um, so, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to say I don't know why they didn't have a mass suicide, but, because that sounds terrible, but they didn't. They just kind of. Very off-brand. It was very off-brand, <laughs> yeah. Um, they also had a lot more members than the other cults. They had, like, thousands and thousands of members in the Children of God. Well, maybe that's why they didn't want to. Yeah, I guess. Weird. Now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, moving on. So, October 4th and 5th of 1994, 53 members of the Solar Temple, Utsd, in Canada and in Switzerland were murdered or committed suicide, and the buildings in which they died were set on fire. A year after that, another 16 members killed themselves, and five more died similarly in March of 1997. So this isn't one event. This is multiple events. So that's kind of like the general statement of what happened, and now we're going to backtrack a little and tell you kind of what led to this actually happening. Yeah. You want me to go? Yeah, you go. Okay. Some members began to investigate for themselves and noticed how lavishly Mombro and Jure were living. As a result, many followers left Utsd, and this angered Mombro greatly. It was apparent that they might lose more followers if drastic measures weren't taken. Sorry um, if you guys hear power tools, by the way. Dakota's shoring up our defenses so people can't break into our backyard. Yeah. Um... So, in order to cinch the beliefs of wavering followers, procedures became more fanatical. I think that's typically probably one of the reasons that happens. Yeah. I don't want them to leave. I'll just kill them. Right. One of the most atrocious crimes perpetrated mm -hmm. by Utsd was the murder of one of its own, one of its families. When Mombro found out that Antonio and Nikki Dutois... Dutois had named their newborn Emmanuel. He was incensed. And one of the main beliefs of Utsd is that a sign of the end of the world would be the birth of a godchild. And Mombro had already given one of his children this title. Yeah. So, like, the name Emmanuel is supposed to be, like, another name for Jesus Christ. Yeah. There are a lot of worship songs that worship to Emmanuel. It's like a translation thing, uh, whatever. So. Okay. so in October of 94, Tony Dutois' infant son, Emmanuel Dutois, he was three months old, was actually killed at the group's center in Morin Heights, Quebec. Oh, God. The baby had been stabbed repeatedly with a wooden stake. Jesus Christ. Um, it is believed that DeMombro ordered the murder because he identified 
the baby as the Antichrist described in the Bible. And he believed that the Antichrist was born in order to prevent Demombro from succeeding to his spiritual aim. Soon after, it was declared that the apocalypse was nearer than ever before and ecological collapse was imminent. So Jure and Demombro told members it was necessary that they transport themselves ahead of time in order to get an early start on inhabiting the planet that orbits the star Sirius. Here's this fucking star again. How, how, what is, what is the interrelation that's happening? Fun fact, I didn't know that Sirius was called the dog star. Mm. But it is, and then it makes sense that Sirius from Harry Potter's Animagus is a dog. There we go. Full circle event here. So, Demombro and 12 followers performed a ritual last supper. This is fucking ridiculous. Subsequently, apparent mass suicides and murders were conducted at Shiri and Salvan which were two villages in Western Switzerland at the Morin Heights. Um, 15 inner circle members committed suicide with poison and 30 were killed by bullets or smothering and eight were killed by other means. In Switzerland, many of the victims were found in a secret underground chapel lined with mirrors and other items of Templar's symbolism. That's creepy as fuck. So creepy. The bodies were dressed in the order's ceremonial robes and were in a circle, feet together, heads outward, most with plastic bags tied over their heads. That is a Heaven's Gate thing. They put plastic bags over their heads. Yeah. And each had been shot in the head. The plastic bags may have been a symbol of the ecological disaster that would befall the human race after the Utsd members moved on to Sirius. And it's also possible that these bags were used as part of the Utsd rituals and that members would have voluntarily worn them without being placed under duress. All right. Mm. Okay. Um, There was also evidence that many of the victims in Switzerland were drugged before they were shot. So this sounds like um, most of these deaths were not by choice. They were what we like to call murder. Um, Other victims were found in three different ski chalets. Several dead children were lying together. The tragedy was discovered when officers rushed to the sites to fight the fires that had been ignited by remote control devices. So they fucking, what other group lit a fire? Was it the Branch Davidians? The Waco. Yeah. Yeah. They lit fires. Why why do all these groups do the same shit? I don't know. I am so confused. Um, Farewell letters left by the believers stated that they believed they were leaving to escape the, quote, hypocrisies and oppression of this world. Cool. A mayor, a journalist, a civil servant, and a sales manager. Okay, (laughs) that sounds like the beginning of a weird joke. Um, They were found dead in Switzerland. Records seized by the Quebec police showed that some members had personally donated over $1 million to Demombro. Jesus. 
Christ. Whoa. Another attempted mass suicide of the remaining members was thwarted in the late 90s. All the suicides slash murders and attempts occurred around the dates of the equinoxes and solstices in some relation to beliefs to the beliefs of the group. So you have what like the summer solstice and winter solstice and spring equinox, spring and, and fall equinox. Yeah. Yeah. Why why are they called those things by the way? Chip. Hello. Another mass death incident related to the Utsd took place during the night between the 15th and 16th of December of 1995. On December 23rd, 1995, 16 bodies were discovered in a star formation in the Vercors. I don't like saying that. Vercors? 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 Mountain of France. Um, It was found later that two of them shot the others and then committed suicide by firearm and immolation. One of the dead included Olympian Edith Bonlu. Who had completed? Who had competed in the women's downhill at the 1956 Winter Olympics? I love the Olympics. On the morning of 23 March 1997, <laughs> that's how they write dates in in Europe. Yeah. On the morning of March 23rd of 97, five members of Utsd took their own lives in Saint Casimir, Quebec. Um, a small house erupted in flames, leaving behind five charred bodies for the police to pull from the rubble. Um, there were three teenagers, ages 13, 14, and 16, and children of one of the couples that died in the fire were discovered in a shed behind the house, alive, but heavily drugged. That's a weird... That's weird. Yeah. Also, St. Casimir... That name reminds me of a Game of Thrones element, the Reigns of Castamere, which is the song that they played at the Red Wedding before they Mm. fucking killed my man Rob. I'll never get over it. I'll never, ever get over it. I understand that George Martin likes you to latch onto a character, makes them really... A good-hearted character, and you're rooting for them, and then he likes to fucking kill them, because that's his thing. But do you have to... Do you Did you have to kill Ned and Rob? Did you? Really? If you've not read Game of Thrones or watched the movies... I'm sorry, that was a huge spoiler. But you know what? They've been out... Forever. He's been writing the last book for over 10 years now. So if you don't know what happened in the first three books, I'm sorry. It's like telling you that fucking Dumbledore dies in book six of Harry Potter. Yeah. It's been out forever. You should know. I'm rereading Game of Thrones, by the way. That's why that came to my brain. Oh, fun. I've not read it, so. I know. I don't have time to read it. It is long. I don't have I don't have time to read shit at home. Yeah, I am listening to the audiobooks at work. Yeah. So, I just I don't like doing other things. Well, I can listen to a podcast while mm-hmm. doing other things, but I don't like listening to books while I'm doing other things. 
I do. But also, I did, when I first read A Song of Ice and Fire, I read the physical books. Yeah. And so... I need that. In a reread, I can listen to the audiobook while I'm at work doing work. Right. Because I already know the essence of the story and what happens. And I've also consumed so much of, like, the, like, fandom theories, like... I listened to a podcast called Bend the Knee where they go through the books. Mm -hmm. A full reread of the books. Each episode is a chapter. So, fuck. It's long. But, like, they talk about theories and... Because there's a lot of ambiguities in the book. Especially because they're not finished. So, as far as the books are concerned, Jon Snow is still dead. Killed by his black brothers. And... Arya is still with the faceless people, training to be faceless, and Sansa's in the veil. So, and Daenerys just left on Drogon. Hmm. She abandoned her new husband and left. Oh, yeah, she got married a second time in the books, not in the show. Yeah. You know, to his stars, Alaric. That was the, the worst part of the show for me was the Daenerys Jon Snow well, it's TV, you know. That relationship, I hated every second of it. The You could kind of see, like, the episode that they, like, actually fell in love. You could kind of see at the beginning of that episode that it was coming, but they didn't set that up at all. They just, like, first meet, and then all of a sudden they're fucking in love. Yeah. Why? Why? I'm confused. You gotta set that up a little. I don't know. I hated it. It was the worst part. I didn't care about who got the Iron Throne in the end. At that point, I was just like, I can't stop thinking about John and Daenerys. And being- I just wasn't really ever invested in the show, and I haven't read the book, so it's hard for me to really feel anything about it. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, oh, okay. Sounds great. You know. Yeah. I just really hope that it doesn't happen in the books. Maybe Jon Snow will stay dead. I don't know. At this point, I'm really desensitized to my favorite characters being killed. Yeah. Because Rob Stark was, like, one of my very favorites. I really loved Rob Stark and then fucking cut his head off. And I was like, okay, cool. At least they didn't flay him. The Boltons, that's like their thing is skinning people. So at least they didn't skin him. Anyway, we're back We're back to Oost. Where was I even? Oh, Casimir. Okay. The kids were in the shed. Mm-hmm. Alive. Thank God. So I think this is pronounced Michelle. Tabaknuk. Okay. I think, you think that's how it's pronounced? Yeah. Tabaknuk. Whatever. He is an internationally renowned Swiss musician and conductor. He was arrested as a leader of Oost in the late 90s. He was indicted for participation in a criminal organization and murder. He came to trial in Grenoble, France during the spring of 2001, but was acquitted. French prosecutors appealed the verdict and an appellate court ordered a second trial beginning October 24th, 2006. He was again 
cleared less than two months later in December of 2006. Huh. So his trial lasted about two months and he was acquitted two times. What? That's crazy. They must have had nothing. I guess not. And it's kind of odd to me that in France, the prosecution can appeal a verdict. You can't do that here. Mm-mm. So if you if somebody's acquitted of a crime, that's fucking it. But if you're found guilty, you can appeal. Right. So, hmm. yeah, Michelle Tabanek, Tabanchnik, whatever. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry to all the Swiss people. Please correct us on the pronunciation of that. Or just tell us what it is, because we don't know. Uh, so, Utz was one of several 20th century new religious movements whose ends occurred in acts of murder-suicide, as we've already discussed. That was in vogue, apparently. Um, and the apparent affluence of the temple's members challenged the prevailing conception that such incidents as mass suicide were a product of deprivations experienced by people who are of lower socioeconomic status. Um, and it suggested a more ideological causation. I don't understand why they made this claim in this in whatever article I pulled this from. Our sources are going to be listed. But after going through all of the events, none of it seemed ideological. It was Jure and Demombro being afraid that their cash cow members were going to catch on to their antics and leave. And they weren't going to get money anymore. Yeah. That's clearly the cause. I don't know why. There's nothing ideological about that. That's greed. Yeah. (laughs) So whoever wrote that article, can you reassess? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the group actually seems to have survived the tragic events of the 1990s. And as of the early 21st century, it was believed to have between 140 and 500 members. Why is such a disparity? Just say potentially has as many as 500 members. Yeah. You don't need to include between 140 and 500. That is quite different. There's so many numbers between those. Just say could have as many as 500 members. These people need to hire me to write their shit. Um, so before we wrap this up, we're going to talk a little bit about DeMombro's son. Um, his name was Eli and he started to question the family organization, the older he became. When news came out that visions presented to the members were actually holograms and special effects faked by his dad. He started to give vocal about his suspicion that things weren't on the level. I don't, (laughs) I this is like the first part that talks about holograms and visions, but I'm like, who's believing this shit though? Uh, people who join a cult. True. I mean, and this is the eighties. So, yeah. so several people quit the cult in response and Eli walked away from the quote family business. <laughs> And this was, of course, a huge blow to Mombro's credibility and the plans for this transition, um, a.k.a. the mass suicide, uh, came soon after. Eli's body was actually among those found in the mass suicide. Um, 
hold on. I'm looking at the wrong line. Eli's body was among those found in the mass suicide. However, either his defection was misreported, never allowed to take place, or his participation in the suicide was against his will. I'm going to go with the the latter. Yeah, so we'll let you decide how you feel about that. Do you have an opinion on what happened with Eli? Did he defect and come back? Was he not allowed to defect? Or was the participation in the mass suicide actually against his will and he was murdered? I think the latter. It just makes the most sense. Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, for him to be among the dead people and before he was like, yeah, this ain't right. Yeah, I I call bullshit on it But I'm going to go ahead and get on out of here so I can get on up there yeah no in on the off chance that we are actually going to transition over to a planet that orbits Sirius, i'm gonna go ahead and participate but just so you know i'm skeptical right but i'm gonna kill myself take my chances yeah that seems like an odd move (laughs) especially because this kid was essentially like raised in this group well, and I mean, his his father did previously order a, a three-year-old toddler to be stabbed to death. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that he might be like, yeah, my son's going down too. Right. I mean, because once you kill an infant, I mean, all bets are off. You are clearly, you have no qualms for anything. No. None at all. N- absolutely nothing. So... So that's Oost. Yeah. I mean. It might be one some people haven't heard of. Yeah. It probably, honestly, it probably is one that gets kind of lost behind all the others. Yeah. Like everyone's heard of Jonestown. It's just because of the Kool-Aid. It's because of the, yes, it is because of the Kool-Aid. Everyone's heard of Heaven's Gate. Everyone's heard of Waco. Yeah. I feel like Oost kind of. I'm getting a call. Hello? We have so, if you... There are a lot of scams running rampant right now. There are. And so, if you get a phone call and it says, this is your electric company and your service is going to be shut off in three minutes if you don't, like, enter your information and make a payment now, do not do so. No. I kept getting calls and I finally answered... And it did kind of catch me off guard because I just got a new car Mm -hmm. and my new loan is through Ally Financial or Ally Bank, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I answered and they're like, hi, this, uh, you know, uh, this is Ally, blah, blah, blah. We just need to finish like setting up your account. Um, Could you please verify that it's you uh, before we proceed? And they're like, can you please just give us the last four of your social? And I was like, um, I'm pretty sure I did the account set up the other day. And they're like, well, you did the initial setup online to get your online account set up, but we need to finalize all of your contact information and your demographic information to like complete this form. And I was like, 
okay, um, you guys have called me repeatedly for the past three or four days, and I looked this number up on Google, and it said it was a scam. And she said, okay, have a good day, and immediately hung up. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and there's also a scam that I heard about on the news just this week, talking about people getting text messages saying that, like, there's a problem with their Amazon delivery. Yep. And to, like, click this link, don't do it. Yeah, just don't do shit like that. Here's what, here's the general rule of thumb you should just follow. If you get a call that's saying, like, your account's going to be suspended if you don't take immediate action, hang up the phone and then go to that account. Yeah. Like, get online, go to your online account for that service, or go look up the customer service number for that service that you have. Yeah, exactly. If you have Xfinity Internet, hang up the phone, get online, look up customer service for Xfinity, and ask them. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. Because they really... Honestly, these places don't call people anymore. No. They you, email you. Exactly. And the IRS is never going to call you about your taxes. You're never going to get a call from the state or the county about a warrant. No. None of that is ever going to come to you via phone call. They don't want you to know if you have a warrant. They're just going to fucking arrest you. Right. So if you get a call or a text saying take immediate action or an email, delete it. It's yeah. a scam. Hands down, it's a scam. Don't even open it. Just don't, delete it. Don't open it. Just delete it. Because it's a scam, for sure. They, Yeah. You should never have to verify your social or date of birth over the phone. No. Never. No. Yeah, so, so much like cults, just don't yeah. do that. Once, if something seems suspicious. It is. It is. And just a little bit of investigation is going to reveal it. So. Yeah. Always just uh, do your own due diligence. Yeah. Hang up the phone, get online, a quick Google, and you're going to be like, yep, that's a scam. Yeah. It happened to my older brother's girlfriend. They got a call and someone, this was a couple years ago, someone was like, "Uh, you have a tax bill, Um, you're delinquent on your taxes, like X amount of dollars, you need to pay this right now or action will be taken. And she was like, oh shit. And gave them like, like a thousand dollars. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And Justin was like, yo, that's a scam. You just lost a thousand dollars. I don't, I don't know. I think they reported it and she may have gotten her money back or they were able to like stop payment at the bank or something. Yeah. But yeah, my mom was getting calls for a while, uh, saying that she had a warrant and she needed to like do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, mom, you are never going to be notified that you have a warrant. Never. Unless you're getting pulled over and they're saying, hey, you have a warrant. I'm arresting you. Yeah, exactly. And she was like, okay, I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to ask you, because at the time I worked at the court still. I was like, yeah, no. No. Not the city court, not the state court. They're not going to call you (laughs) and tell you you have a warrant. not. There's no. (laughs) No way. Okay, so we got in under an hour on this. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm glad because I'm fucking starving. So hungry. Going to pass away. And I still have to drive home. And fucking seven highway is closed. Yeah, so how did you come here? Well, I drove until it said road closed, then had to turn on fucking Stringtown and take that 
this way, then go all the way back, like, to the fucking dog park water tower, then all the way up that road. Mm -hmm. And I just washed my car yesterday. So, were you able to come out on 150? Yes. And And then then I drove around the local traffic only sign. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because this is local traffic. Right. Okay. So, if we want to go out of town, we should go out, like, down... You're Country gonna club and around. You're going to have to turn. When you get to the bank, you're going to have to turn right at the in- intermediate school. Yeah. And then just go, and then it curves, and you go down the gravel road, then you take a left, and then you get out to Seven Highway. Okay. That's what I was thinking, um, that we would be able to go around and come out. Yeah. Well, yeah. You can get around it. Yeah. And it's fucking just this weekend, so whatever. But Well. Anyway. Anyways, um, I'm going to leave and eat something before I pass away. Certainly. Um, So while we're quenching our hunger, we're breaking our fast, one would like to say, uh, please be kind to each other. And stay weird. And goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.